season seven, episode two. I love it when you say season seven. Of the Absolute Worldy Football Podcast. European Championship Special Groups C and D. C and D. Welcome back, listener. How are you? Did you listen to our first episode? If you didn't, go back and listen to it. <laughs> yeah, we should. You should probably. Joel's very keen for you to listen to them in 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 alphabetical of group orders. Yes, it's important. That's it's not arbitrary in the slightest. Well, to be fair, is the reason to listen to it in alphabetical order. So if you got to like halfway through the first episode and then stopped and then started again, is because the games do start in alphabetical order, Carl. Group A plays first, then group B, then group C, and so on. That's true, but I imagine some of our listeners will be like, oh, which group are England are in? Oh, I'll, just, I'll start with that one. Well, listener, if you stay tuned, halfway through this episode, we will switch to be talking about the group that England are in. And if that is all you care about, I suggest you fast forward to about half an hour in. That's right, it's the Absolute Worldy Football Podcast European Championship Specials 2020 slash 2021. It's confusing. How are you, Kyle? I'm good. I've had a good day. I'm absolutely been looking forward to getting back in here in your wonderful studio. Joel's got a new studio at uh, Worldy HQ. Uh, it's just full of plants. It, I feel like we're in... It's lockdown. It's very lockdowny, isn't it? Just so many plants in the studio. It's like um, Cluedo, where someone gets murdered in a greenhouse. Uh, of all of the players that we discussed in episode one, who is the most likely player to get murdered in a greenhouse? Artem Zubia. <laughs> Arte- it was Artem Zuba. In the greenhouse with the lead piping. I mean, he's probably like most likely to be the murderer, true. Or maybe he murdered himself. But yeah, I've been looking forward to it. How have you been today? I've been very well. I likewise have been looking forward to it. I've got some pearls to deliver. Um, do you think the listener needs a reminder of the categories that we are giving them in uh, these episodes? Boy, do they. Let's start. You go for it. Okay. The factoid category is you don't say. You don't say. Uh, it's that... so hard to do, because what you want to say is, you don't say. Yeah. But it's hard to do that with a row in the middle. You row don't say. <laughs> that was better. <laughs> Thank you. That's a factoid. That's the kind of thing that you might come up with in the pub uh, just to surprise people with a, a little factoid. It could be about football. It could be about politics. It could just be about the country in general. The second category, of course, is Barnier Stormer, the player who's going to have a barnstormer of a tournament and be the best for that team. None of them will actually be Michel Barnier. He is not playing in this tournament. Allegedly. He's played in another tournament, if you could call Brexit a tournament. The tournament of Brexit. I think he probably got to the final and won. Yeah. (laughs) On golden goals. Politically witty. What's the third category? It's for the player that's had a bit of a a dud. Maybe they have a moment of absolute losing their headness, confusion, catastrophe. It is continental. And we thought about it and we've stuck with it, even though we're not sure about it. We can't change it now. There's too much recorded to change it. If you're offended... Um, write in. Write in. We'd love to hear from you. You can tweet us at Worldy Podcast. You can email us, absoluteworldy.com podcast at gmail.com um so yes that's the third category and the final category of course is the reason you listen to this podcast it's you've pulled which is for the attractive member of the team of each team the player that takes our fat quite literally takes our fancy and uh we will be giving you uh, 24 of the hottest football players around for you to perv over during these European Championships. I spoke to one of our regular listeners earlier today and told them, oh, we're doing categories again. And they said, oh, who's going to be your hot to Trotsky this time? Yeah, someone remembers from three years. Is hot to Trotsky the best thing we've ever done on this podcast? I think hot to Trotsky was the reason that people listened to us to begin with. And probably those listeners that we've kept for the last three years have only stayed with us for something as good as Hot to Trotsky, and we've never matched it. Well, we're matching it now with E, you've pulled. E, you've pulled. That sounds more like you're a northern farmer. E, you've pulled. E, by gum. E, you've pulled. <laughs> well, yeah, listener, let's... let's... Should we crack on with Group C? Yeah. Let's do it after this. Kick ball with football, yeah. Let's see what Group C has to offer. That was disappointing, wasn't it? Let's see what Group C C has to... Will... Will be! There you go. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) So, Group C. Um, I think there's only one real place to start in Group C, and that is with the biggest 
team on paper in Group C, and that is, of course, Yorangi. It's the Dutch. The Netherlands team. Holland. I have so many names. <laughs> any more? Can't think of any off the top of my head. That'll do. Tulip bunches. Wow! Cool stuff! <laughs> so, Kyle, I've got a Euro don't say. Euro don't say. Um, about Holland and... It's a good way to kick off this uh, second episode because as we, in the last episode, only really mentioned it once, it's COVID related. Holland have become the first team to have to ask a player to leave the squad because of COVID. It was always going to happen, your face. I'm, like, I'm so happy because I knew you didn't know this. Uh, it was always going to happen, wasn't it? I mean, it's inevitable, right? That at least one player was going to have to go into isolation and then they wouldn't be allowed back into the team. You don't say. Euro don't say. Uh, good, good enough reason, listener. If you're one of those people, who I'm sure we have some of them who are going, why is this tournament happening? It is insane. Well, here's the proof in the pudding. So, uh, it's the first major coronavirus-related withdrawal from the tournament. It is the goalkeeper... Jasper Sillerson. Oh, he's a big deal. He was their starting goalkeeper. He's a uh, place for Sevilla in Spain. Uh, so he tested positive last week. He's been in isolation, but obviously all the teams are now in their camps. They're now training together. They're now living together. And the Dutch manager, Frank de Boer, has said he missed an important part of the preparation. We don't know how long it will take until he's 100% fit again. I don't want to take any risks in that respect. We're on the even of European Championships, and I want to be sure. Jasper Sillerson has been told he is not welcome back to the Dutch squad. He's gone. Have He's... they called up someone else? So, normally, listener, what happens in a European or a uh, European Championship or a World Cup is when you've named your official squad, you can have some standbys with, with the World Cup, uh, and normally with the European Championships. They've not done that this time. They've just said, because of COVID, you can replace anyone, any time. So they have called someone up. They have called up Marco Bizo or Bizot, uh, who's a 30-year-old AZ Alkmaar goalkeeper who only has one cap. Holland are playing all their games, all their group games in Holland. We covered that last episode. We did Amsterdam. cover that last episode. But their starting goalkeeper won't be there. What does this mean? I mean, what's exciting, I think, for a Euro don't say, I mean, I know it shouldn't be exciting. It's really bad. But we are talking about very fit, athletic people. So hopefully... There's no, like, controversies in this statement. But, like, if this starts happening, if players start testing positive coronavirus and having to isolate and then leave the tournament, like, anything could happen. We could be just seeing, like, completely new squads by halfway through. It's... Couple of thoughts. Yes, go. Why aren't these people being vaccinated? That's uh, my first thought. Well, you can still test positive even after vaccination. Second thought, since you answered that so succinctly, what do they have to bring in like for like? Well, let's say, I don't know, let's say Harry Kane gets corona can we bring in do we have to bring in another striker or do we think oh it's our chance to bring in ben godfrey that defender that we like i i guess there's no there's no rule must be a goalkeeper rule you always have to have three goalkeepers i've always wondered about that why do you always have to have three goalkeepers i think it's to do with like fair play if you have an injury to a goalkeeper during a game you but then you only need one but yeah. then if they both get injured and you're like yeah, in, and you're on the other side of the world yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and you have to play a defender in, like you're, you, forever the fans fair. will say, oh, well, we've, got a, we've got a plethora of goalkeepers back home. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, they have caught up another goalkeeper. So that is my Euro don't say. It's the first Corona victim of the uh, tournament. Listener, if you're in the pub and Holland are playing, you can say... Jasper Sillerson would have been starting for them in goal, but he got coronavirus and the manager decided it was too much of a risk to bring him back into the team. I was going to say... You could say, well, that was a bit cruel on Sillerson. Nice. That was, uh, I'm not even going to explain that. If you know what that means, then you know what that means. And if you don't, then you don't. So, Tim Krul is the second goalkeeper for the Netherlands. And one time, they brought him on as a sub for a bounty shootout. And they won. Barnier Stormer. In the absence of injured captain Virgil van Dijk, who will not be playing, a real victim of the tournament being moved back a year. He was the best player in the world this time last year, and now he's not playing. Uh, so in his absence, they will be captained by Gigi Wijnaldum. Plays for the same... Did play for the same team as uh, Virgil van Dijk uh, until he moved this summer. Uh, he is... Uh, he plays for Liverpool, obviously. Uh, you know... Box-to-box -box midfielder, runs up and down the pitch, gets up and down the pitch, helps out the defence, helps out the attack. He scores goals, he makes goals. Let's be honest, he's going to make something of himself in this tournament. 
the, 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 the time is right for him to prove himself as one of the best midfielders in the world. He will be the Barnier Stormer and he's got big shoes to fill with Virgil van Dijk uh, uh, taking over the captaincy. I like how you've gone from suggesting a potential Barnier Stormer to just declaring that, don't worry, listener, they will be the best player. I think so, yeah. I think I, I like your confidence. He's certainly, I mean, if you're about to move on a free transfer, you've still got something to prove, I think, because people will be like, oh, well, obviously you're going to take him. He's free. Mm. But he is a absolutely quality all-round player yeah I think there's uh, there's hope there uh, Continental Frankie Dion quintessential Dutch footballer tall graceful superb with the ball at his feet but he's coming in on the back of a very mixed season also at Barcelona he was played in defence quite a few times rather than his favoured midfield position it never quite seemed right he'd have a run of good games and then he'd have a very average game Barcelona themselves had by their insane standards, a very poor season. He is the midfield linchpin in this Dutch team. They play through him. If he plays as averagely as he's played in the league season, then potentially he will be the spoke in the wheel. He will be the problem player for the Dutch, Frankie de Jong. That's Frankie, not Frankie. It's amazing with the Barcelona that a poor season that you've just described, they still finished third. Yep, yeah, well, that's Barcelona. Um, and Kyle... Would you like to pull? <laughs> uh, specifically a Dutchman, please. Uh, I will bring up a Dutchman. And I've gone for the quintessential bad boy, Memphis Depay. Goes by just Memphis. I mean, come on. He's just got the brightest teeth you've ever seen. He's... Describe the list. Of... Okay, I will. He's got a double sleeve. Uh, taps all up his legs. Uh, real, real thigh on that lad. Uh, yeah, I mean... He's striking, Joel. He's absolutely striking. Earring. I love the earring. Memphis, though. Memphis, what a name. I mean, you would want to go on a date with a guy called Memphis. Yeah. Like, if you came across him on Tinder and it was just Memphis, you'd be like, well, I have to find out. Exactly. I'm, and I'm just delighted that he goes by just Memphis on the back of his shirt. He doesn't have Depay on the back. It's just Memphis. He's got original bad boy stylings. Enough said. Can I tell you one thing about Memphis Depay? Please. When he was at Manchester United, uh, he was a bit of a, a flash Harry, shall we say. He was only a teenager, like late teenager. Wayne Rooney, who was, you know, who was sort of becoming an elder statesman in that Man United team, took him to one side and they were like, listen, you've just been bollocked by the manager for being a bit flash and being a bit arrogant. So I suggest tomorrow don't, Bring the Bentley in. Just come in in another car. He turned up in a cowboy hat. And that was Holland! Okay, football is good. Football is fun. Football is there for everyone. I can't really be bothered to follow it properly, but I'll tell you one thing. I prefer it to broccoli. Kickball with football, yeah. From the biggest team in the group to the smallest team in the group, and potentially the smallest team in the competition. It's North Macedonia. I could not be more excited that North Macedonia are playing in this competition. It's the first time they've qualified for anything since they became a country in 1991. Frankly, they weren't even a country in 1991. They were a country called Macedonia, former Yugoslavian Republic of Macedonia. Yes, uh, FYR. Yeah, and then they only became North Macedonia in 2019. So they've only really existed for two years. Um, it's... An amazing story because they're only really here because of yours and I favourite thing, the UEFA Nations League. It's fun, fun, fun. It's fun, fun, fun and full of facts. So basically what UEFA did was they decided that the Minnows were not getting enough of an opportunity to qualify for the tournament. Part of the expansion to 24 teams. They wanted smaller teams in as well as bigger teams. So they decided that some of the lower teams in the Nations League or the winning team from the lower bit of the Nations League could qualify for the European Championships and welcome, and that's my part, my first bit of my Euro don't say, welcome to North Macedonia. That was really well uh, described. I was worrying about that. About how I would describe it. Yeah, because the Nations League is so faffy, but that was well done. It's like it's like having a wild card for Wimbledon. Yes. But that player has to be amateur. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and, and that's my... Sorry, Euro. North Macedonia. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> North Macedonia. If you are North Macedonia listening in, sorry if we're bad-mouthing you. I mean, the fact is they are there technically to make up the numbers. However, that's what everyone thought. But my Euro don't say is that they may well punch above their weight. And the evidence for that? Just a little result called Germany 1, North Macedonia 2. 
When was that? In your dreams? Nope, it was just a few months ago. What? Yep, North Macedonia beat Germany in a World Cup qualifying match. Don't worry about it, listener. Yes, there's World Cup qualifying happening at the same time as the European Championships. We move on. Uh, COVID is the answer to that question. Yes, they beat Germany, Kyle. In football? In Germany. Goals from Goran Pandev and Elif Elmas won them the game 2-1 uh, the might of German football the multi-time World Cup winning team they beat them O.M. North Macedonia it's an extraordinary thing the coach said these lads have made North Macedonia proud against the winners of four World Cup titles and three European championships we've never beaten a team with so many titles now we just have to get some rest as what we have accomplished still hasn't sunk in hopefully it has by now and they will be ready for Group C. Would you like to hear their Barnier Stormer? Yep. Goran Pandey. So you mentioned him already. Now, it's interesting because it, there seems to be a trend at the moment, Joel, of famous footballers and their sons. Now, Goran Pandey, of course, was a famous footballer in the noughties. And this is obviously his son, Goran Jr. Oh, no, Kyle. You couldn't be more wrong. He's still uh, playing. He's still playing. He is 37 years old. Wow. He is two years older than us, even. Now, he is ancient. Yeah. <laughs> he is an old ragged old donkey of a footballer. So I think there's an interesting thing here, which I think you'll notice the pattern with my Barnio Stormers and, and my Continentals. I'm basically, the oldest person in the team is either going in one of the two categories. Hero or villain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's 37 years old. He's a versatile striker, although basically he plays an attacking midfielder nowadays. He plays a bit deeper because he hasn't got the pace to be up front. Um, he moved to Italy in 2001 where he won the Champions League with... Uh, then he won the Champions League with Inter in 2010. And either side of that, he played brilliantly for Lazio and Napoli. He's arguably the greatest Macedonian footballer of all time. He's their most capped player and leading scorer by a country mile. Does it count that... Does he keep his caps yes, going from um, FYR? Yes, he does. And um, before then? No. No, he didn't play for Yugoslavia. Uh, he's not quite that old. Uh, but he is old. He li- um, he's lived in Italy more than he's lived in Macedonia. Absolutely. Yes, uh, I, I just, it's a fairy tale because he's one of those players who, if you know anything about football listener, you'll have heard of him, you'll have liked him. He's, he was constantly linked to big British clubs for 20 years. It just never happened. I just want him to do well. The James Nesbitt of football. Absolutely. Don't understand that reference, but I'm going with it. Hairline. With you. James Nesbitt had a hair transplant. Goran Pandev should have got one by now. Continental. It's Ezgian Alioski. So, Alioski, you know who he is. I thought he'd be your EU pool. N- uh, I mean, he's not... Oh, uh, yeah, good point. Damn, I forgot about him. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm going to look stupid when we get Let's there. Let's go back. Oh, no, it's fine. I've just forgotten that he exists. Oh, I didn't look at a picture of him, to be honest, when I wrote this down. He's so, he's been a revelation for Leeds this season. Let's be honest, right? He's been a, a fundamental feature for a Leeds team that have taken the Premier League by storm in their first year back. But, Kyle. Yes. What do we all know about Leeds? They run and run and run and run Alioski. Alioski? Cool. Sure, thank you. Will he be exhausted? If you've been experiencing the coaching techniques of the infamous Marcello Bielsa, who demands three training sessions a day and a training session on match days as well, will this be too much for him? Will he collapse on the touchline, having run himself into the ground? You would think... He's probably in the top handful of their best players yes. by nature of being a Premier League player. Yeah, uh, playing at the top level, they're going to rely on him. I really hope I'm wrong. I mean, Leeds have a horrible habit of having a go at pundits who say their players are getting tired. So let's hope they don't listen to this. Do you know what they call him in Leeds? What? Jani Alioski. Nice, nice, Jani Alioski. Yeah, it's good. I like it. Uh, well, I hope I'm wrong. I hope he's got the energy to burn and he lights up that North Macedonian wing. Janny be good. Thank you very much. <laughs> EU bold, which should have been him, and I completely forgot he existed. So instead, it's Elif Elmas. <laughs> they're not the most... I'll be honest, and I, I mean this with, with no disrespect, they're not the most attractive team. No, that, that, he looks okay there. He's yeah. not unattractive. Go, well, 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 tell, tell the listener what you see. I see uh, a, a, a sort of young man who's got absolutely not an ounce of facial hair, um, but lovely fringe. Uh, he looks about 17 years old, but he is older than that. Yeah, no. I, I I'm mean, aware I, of him from his Napoli days. He's not a bad player. He's still with Napoli. Uh, he's, no, he's a good player. I, I'm going to be honest, like, I mean... He's 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 good looking for an extremely baby faced schoolboy. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, so maybe look out for him. He will be starting. So unlike my normal uh, um, EU pulled, you'll actually be able to see him play if you watch a North Macedonia game. That's Elif Elmas. He looks like one of the younger Peaky Blinder brothers who still looks innocent but has killed. And that was North Macedonia. <laughs> Moving on in Group C. Moving on up, moving on up. Uh, yep, it's Ukraine, Kyle. It's a interesting, interesting, interesting team. So, Euro don't say. Let's be honest. What do we know about Ukraine in the last few years? War. So Ukraine, uh, in eastern Ukraine, are still fighting with Russia. Uh, are they actively fighting or is it like a cold one? Uh, it, no, there's consistent clashes with Ukrainian forces fighting pro-Russian separatists. Uh, it's been going on as a conflict since 2014. So it's semi-civil? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, apparently it's killed 14,000 people, or at least that's what they say in Kiev. Um, it's had an impact on football. So the Ukrainian Premier League was awash with money and interest. Uh, a lot of Brazilian players were playing there. Because of the conflict and because most of the teams who played in the East haven't been able to play in their home grounds and they've had to play thousands and thousands of miles away, um, the miles away, kilometers away. Uh, the there's a lot. There's been a huge kind of um, exodus of players. Several leading teams have ceased to operate. Um, Shakhtar Donetsk, the perennial champions, the best team in the Ukraine, um, are in internal exile. So basically, if you have a home base in Russian-occupied Eastern Ukraine, you aren't playing football in your home base. So the football in general has suffered hugely as much as anything else have when you have an internal civil war so there's an internal civil war but there is also an occupied territory essentially yes it's a very it's 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 very bad uh and you know it's the original chatbot again it's vlad's fault he's featured in both of these episodes as well well he gets about a bit does mr putin um so yes uh, and unfortunately part of my euro don't say is that politics and in fact this is probably the main part of my euro don't say that you'd want to bring up in the pub uh politics has crept into uh the football decision making because one of the best defenders in recent years uh yaroslav uh, rakitsky uh who's won 54 caps has not played for the Ukraine or been selected in the squad since 2019 because he joined the Russian side Zenit St. Petersburg. Oh. So if you're in the pub and you're watching Ukraine and they concede a goal, you can say, well, they would probably uh, had a better chance if one of their best defenders hadn't moved to Russia and because of the internal civil war, that move was considered to be traitorous and so therefore he wasn't picked. That's big. That is big. Yep, as ever, coming in, Joel coming in with the hard Euro don't says. I've got some. What, lighter ones? No. Oh, heavy ones to come. Good, I'm glad it's not just me. So, moving quickly on from that, Barnier Stormer. It's Ruslan Malinovsky. Atalanta. Yes, nine goals and 12 assists in all competitions for Atalanta as they've risen to second. Uh, They've barely missed their captain, Atalanta, who left uh, their captain from the season before, a guy called Papu Gomez, who departed in January because Malinovsky has filled the void. He is one of the most highly rated centre midfielders in Europe and most importantly, apparently has a release clause of £20 million and has been linked with a move to the Premier League to... Chelsea, European champions, Chelsea. So potentially what will happen is he'll guide Ukraine through this group, hopefully, and they'll get through. He'll play really, really well. And you then, listener, if you're a listener uh, who watches the EPL, the English Premier League, you'll be seeing him play for Chelsea next season. Also, listener, if 20 million sounds like a lot to you. Oh, yeah. Joel said that in a way to imply that that, that's a decent bargain. Yep. If you if you can get snapped up for 20 mil and have a good season, then people say, oh, he's cheap at half the price. Let's not remind ourselves that football is something that we shouldn't care as much about as we do. So Malinovsky. Malinovsky is their Barnier Stormer. Continental. I am, for the first time, going with the manager. The manager of Ukraine is the best Ukrainian player ever, arguably. Andrei Shevchenko. He scored 235 goals in 497 club games, as well as 48 goals in 111 international games. He played for AC Milan. He played for Chelsea in the Premier League. He played uh, uh, for Dynamo Kiev twice at the start of his career and at the end of his career. When his career ended and he retired, he announced he was going into politics. 
and he ran for uh, to, to 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 get a seat in the Ukrainian parliament. He lost and said, well, I'm not going into politics. And he became the assistant manager of Ukraine. And now he's the manager. That's been his trajectory post-football. Failed politician, managed the national team. Insane. I nearly met him. Nearly met him. Can I tell you a story, he says. I nearly met him. Let me tell you the story, though. I was in Georgia. Yes. Not the state, the... the Republic of... The country. The country. Yep, we talked about the Black Sea. It's also on the Black Sea. Lovely coastal towns. Anyway, I was there. I had the chance to go to a casino one night with my new friends I'd made. But I decided I didn't really have the pennies, Joel. Mm. These were, for want of a better word, wealthy Ukrainian young people. And they were like, oh, we're go- I'm not going to do an accent. I nearly did. We're going to casino tonight. You want to come? Oh, I can't really. They met Andrei Shevchenko. He, he took them out. They went for, to a restaurant. He was like, oh, it's so nice to be with some young people. Like, I could have... He, he was playing... He'd just left Chelsea at the time. Great. Well, you therefore would be... You'd be more emotionally invested in, in my theory that he nearly got sacked in 2018. He took over in 2016. He nearly got sacked in 2018 because they didn't qualify for the World Cup. They allowed him to continue on. He's never managed at an international tournament. He has no management experience at any other level other than this. I worry that if they're going to fail on anything, it will be tactically and it will be Shevchenko's fault. I had no idea he'd been the manager for so long. He is a absolute legend yep. in that part of the world. Yeah. Um, and I'm absolutely no surprise that they've allowed him to continue in this role for as long as they have. Yes, but except they nearly sacked him. But if you're a failed politician, failed international manager, where do you go from there? Uh, it's, hot. it's The only way is down for Shevchenko. The casino. Potentially. So, you've pulled. It's Roman Yaramchuk. He's tall. He's got blue eyes. He scores goals. He scored 20 this season. Uh, I think he, he will catch people's eye. I, again, I'm not hugely enamoured with this squad look in the looks department. I think he's hot. Do you? Yeah, he's got very piercing blue eyes. His eyes really do stand uh, out. He looks confident. He's got very broad shoulders. Uh, if I saw him... On a night out, I'd think he knows how to have a good time. He's been linked to a whole whole host of quite famous clubs. So maybe uh, he, he's been linked to Arsenal. So if people fall for him there and he comes and moves to Arsenal, if you're a listener based in London, you might be able to spot him on a night out in the future. Roman Yoramchuk. Roman Yoramchuk. It's a mouthful, Joel. And, it, and nope, not going to make that joke. Uh, that is Ukraine. <laughs> And to round off Group C, it's Austria. Austria, Kyle. What do you know about Austria? Um, Austria. I once drove through a service station in Austria. It was all right. Cool. Uh, so uh, my Euro Don't Say is, uh, it's a bit like a classic worldie, this. Uh, it's uh, uh, a famous game from a major international tournament. It's been known as the Disgrace of Gijon. Um, it was play- it happened in 1982, in the World Cup, not the European Championships, between West Germany and Austria. I'm guessing it was in Spain. It was in Gijon, Spain, indeed. On the 25th of June, 1982. So the match was the last game of Group 2, um, and the other teams were Algeria and Chile. Those are the four teams in the group. The outcome had already been figured out. Algeria were ready to go through with Austria. Okay. So Austria and Algeria were in the top two positions. The only thing that could stop that was if Germany beat Austria by 1-0 or 2-0. The first 10 minutes, Germany are all over the Austrians. Like a rash on toast. Thank you. Are they are they enemies or friends? You're about to find out. So they are they are the Germans are really going for it. And they score a goal. The remaining 80 minutes, neither team tried. They passed the ball around. The Austrians were already through. It was Algeria that lost their place. Algeria. And they both knew that. They knew that. The Austrians, it's why it's the disgrace of Gijon. That is disgraceful. They literally, the Austrians did not try. And the West Germans, knowing that they'd uh, taken a 1-0 lead, did not need to try either. 
So they just, all of them, just pass the ball around. And it's the reason why, now, the last game of the group is always simultaneous. They both kick off at the same time. Because otherwise, people can figure out what result they need and then just play for that result. So if they're both teams know that they're fine with a draw, they'll just play for a draw. Imagine being in that stadium, having bought a ticket for that game. Yep. Imagine being like six years old and being like an absolute ardent fan of uh, Austria. Apparently the Spanish fans in the, in the crowd were chanting, why don't you just kiss? <laughs> Germans and Austrians. I mean, probably... what, a, what a great Euro don't say that is. That's really cool. Yeah, horrible. I'll never forget the disgrace of Gijon. <laughs> or as I called it. Gijon. The disgrace of Gijon. <laughs> Vardier Stormer, it's Marcel Sabitzer, the RB Leipzig. A lot of this, uh, a lot of the, uh, a lot of players that I've picked out uh, over the course of all these groups play for RB Leipzig. Interesting. Anyway, the RB Leipzig midfielder, he's 27. He's established himself as one of the finest all-round attackers in Germany. He's fantastic with free kicks. He's got technical flair. He's got quality. I can see him not just pushing Austria forward out of the group, but getting a big money move this summer. He's a very good player. Yep, very exciting. Um, he's, I think he's, he's also, he can play deep, he can play further forward, he can play wide. He's fundamental to the way that Austria play quick on the counter-attack. I'm ex excited for him. Marcel Sabitzer. Marcel Sabitzer. Continental, controversial, David Alaba. Alaba? Alaba. Alaba. Alaba? I've, I've, I've broke them. David, if he's pronouncing it wrong, we're sorry. A-L-A-B-A. -A -A, Alaba. Great. David Alaba might be Austria's best ever player? Question mark? He has been controversially... Uh, sorry, he has controversially left Bayern Munich for Real Madrid this summer. He allowed his contract to run down, kept saying he'd sign a new one. He didn't. In the last couple of days, his father has just come out to defend him because there was a story leaked to the German papers by Bayern Munich saying that he'd asked for 17 million euros a year uh, and his father has denied that story. Having said that, he has left Bayern Munich, he's signed for Real Madrid, he is, he can play left back, left wing, centre back, centre midfield, he's extraordinary. If you've ever seen him play listen, you'll know he's just a, a beautiful football player. However, will those off-pitch distractions get to him, Kyle? 17 million euros, they're calling him greedy. Is he going to be distracted? Is he going to ruin it for Austria? Continental. Who knows? <laughs> we'll find out. Finally, EU've pulled, and I'm afraid it's the first time I'm also going for, to keep it with uh, one of my players I've already mentioned. It's Sabitzer again. Sabitzer. He looks like an androgynous model with a goatee. Yeah, I. he's got a, a sort of... Almost a Jackson-esque nose. Mm. Uh, and I'm talking about post-surgery, um, which looks odd on a man of his sort of muscular stature. But, I mean, he's not hes not an unimpressive man. I think if you imagine him without the beard, he'd be really... He is, actually. Without the beard, he's really... Um, he's, got that, he's got that kind of modelly, androgynous, very sharp-featured, you know... You could imagine him going down a catwalk in a dress. Sharp is the word. Yeah, but then as soon as you add the goatee, it becomes even more interesting. I think he's a fascinating person to look at. I look out for him, listener. I, listen, if I pulled him on a night out, I would not be going home unhappy. And that, Kyle, is the end of Group C. Can I just say well done? Thank you. I think Group C, and listener, you might have gathered this from the teams involved, is probably the least attractive prospect of a group. It's pretty dull. Uh, I, I, Netherlands, I... North Macedonia... Austria and Ukraine. It just bores me saying it. Well, I, I extracted some good stuff out of it. I you think. did. Fantastic stuff. The Netherlands are sort of traditionally sexy football team. The other three, Dallas Dishwater. Great stuff, Joel. And I just want to say, if you start your career at Dynamo Kiev and you finish your career at Dynamo Kiev, have you made a chicken Kiev sandwich? And that was Group C. <laughs> time for group d now i could start with england but i'm not gonna i'm gonna keep you waiting listener because the actual top team in d is croatia we have croatia czech republic england and scotland interesting group let's find out why croatia euro don't say so 
Obviously, a lot of European cities have been hit devastatingly by the pandemic. Zagreb. I want to talk about Zagreb or Zagreb. Not only were they hit by COVID in late March 2020, they were also hit by an earthquake that very same weekend. Ugh. An earthquake that was 5.5 on the Richter scale. And over the next 24 hours in the city of Zagreb, there were no less than 57 aftershocks to that earthquake. Jeez. Um, the article that I read this in combined the outbreak of the pandemic with this earthquake under a new umbrella title, which I think you're going to love, listener. Crovid 20. Croatia in 2020. Covid-19. Crovid 20. So... They've left out earthquake. I don't know. Maybe vid is Croatian for Crovid quake. quake? Crovid quake. Whatever you want. Earth Crovid. So that is my Euro don't say. That is big. That is big for Croatia. That's tough. And I want to know, will the national team be leaving tremors in their wake this summer? I'm going to say probably not. (laughs) Now, you will remember from the World Cup listener, England and Croatia played each other very, very recently on the national stage. I was in Spain. I missed the game. I sent voice notes to Joel. We put them on the pod. It was very emotional. That was England's last biggest game, really, Mm. of import. And they're playing Croatia again. That's exciting. Croatia, I would say, are a team lessened in their quality in their squad. England? We'll find out in a bit. I'm going to go with the Continental first. Please. Dejan Lovren. Oh, no. I want him to... At some point, things have got to go right for Dejan Lovren. Dejan Lovren has... A lot has gone right for him his career. He's made a lot of money, Joel. Let's not forget, he's a professional footballer at the highest level. He's played in several of the major leagues of Europe. And he's won the Champions League. This man is no um, slouch. But what he is, is a bit of an egotist. Yeah. Now, after they beat England in that game that I missed, Dejan Lovren said, well, surely now everyone can realise that I'm one of the best defenders in the world. He he, he didn't put this on social media in a sort of, like, guarded way. Uh, he said this in an interview post-match, and obviously he was buzzing. He was about to play in a World Cup final. But rather than say, I just want to take this moment to sort of reflect on how far we've come as a team, or say something like, you know, the manager deserves a lot of credit for getting us here. He has never managed uh, at the highest level in domestic or European football, and yet he's taken our team to the World Cup final. No, he just said, well, now everyone can see I'm one of the best in the world. Me, Dejan Lovren. What do you think of, Joe, when you think of Dejan Lovren? Uh, I think of him falling over, playing for Liverpool, and the ball going over his head and Harry Kane scoring, so... This is why he's my continental, because he. there's lots of football parlance for this listener. You'll know some of them. There's... Uh, a player, they you can say that he's um he's, he's right, always got a mistake in him, a mistake in him, uh, a rick, uh, um a gaff, a howler. These are all defensive or player mistakes that can ruin a game or a team's chances. Dayan Lovren makes at least one a game. I'm thinking he's going to make one in this tournament. Continental. Barney Stormer. Please. Borna Barisic. Heard of him? No. He plays for Rangers. Mm. He's a left back. Uh, He wasn't in the squad last time when they got to the World Cup final. So he's new to the team, but he's not a young player. He's experienced. Rangers were unbeaten this season, Joel. Teams don't go unbeaten a lot. No, that's Uh, unusual. He's a defender from that team. Is he going to bring his uh, unbeatable, indomitable spirit to the Croatian national setup? Is that what you're saying? I think he's going to start for sure. And I think that he's going to definitely shore up their defence. Um, and I would also say their games, uh, two of their games are in Hampden Park uh, in Glasgow. So right down the road from where he plays his football. He's going to feel right at home. What's uh, what's his name again? Borna Barisic. Borna Barisic. He wasn't born a Barisic. His first name is Borna. We might have, you can try rolling the R if you want to. Borna Barisic. Oh, an accent there. It wasn't uh, intentional. That's our Barney song. And E, you've pulled. E, I've pulled. Who have I pulled? Duye Kalata Car. I'm going to have to hear that again. Du... Duye. Duye Kalata Car. Yeah, Kalata dash car. So I don't know where it's double barrel. I don't know what the double barreled system is in Croatia. No, neither do I. It's an unusual um, Croatian name. But here he is. Oh, Kyle. You've nailed that one. He is, I mean, he's incredibly good looking. I also, there's something, is clearly a big, uh, a big football move to have a full beard listener, high cheekbones, smouldering eyes, bit of a floppy fringe and shave out the sides of your head. Yeah, the fade beard combo does wonders for your, your uh, cheekbones, yeah, turns out. turns out. Um, um, great shout. Say his name again for the listener. Duye Kalata Car. I will see him Kalata and if he wants to do it in the car, we can. 
Next up, it's the checks. Ah, oh, let's check in with the checks. Next up, let's check in with the checks. Nice. <laughs> Thanks, Joel. I came up with that all of myself. Is the Czech Republic or Czechia? Right. Now, I don't know about you, Joel, but when I was doing my research for this pod, I love a map. Yeah. I think there's an inner cartographer in me bursting to come out. I went straight to Czech Republic to remind myself of where it is, the local rivals, etc. Didn't say Czech Republic. It said Czechia. I think that's probably how they say it in the Czech Republic. You're wrong. Oh, what do they say in the Czech... Oh, in the Czech Republic, they say um, um, uh, Bohemia. They have done in the past, but they don't say that anymore. They say Chesco. Oh, wow. But Czechia has been decided as an international shorthand version of the Czech Republic, only as recently as 2016. Now it's appearing on maps. They're trying to give it as an option so that people like us, when we say the Czech Republic, can now just say Czechia. It's not catching on. Czechia, mate. I love it. But I love it. Czechia's better. And you can then say a Czechian mm. rather than saying, oh, he's Czech. Well, I guess Czechia's quicker. That's Czechian with with Czechia. I, uh, well, hmm. So, yeah, I mean, the progressive football pundits amongst us. Is that you and me? We are very much the progressive football pundits. I was saying, I was thinking more of your sort of Jermaine Genus or uh, maybe even your Owen Hargreaves. But I was hoping someone this summer might start using Czechia. It's unlikely. Yeah, sure. Um, most of these men are in their 50s and they like the old names. So yep. don't expect to hear Czechia very often. But hey, you're in the pub. Maybe it's a it's a nil-nil board draw with Croatia and Czech Republic. You can say, they'd rather be called Czechia. <laughs> But I've got a quiz for you. Oh, thank God. I, uh, I genuinely thought that was the end of that. Talking about shorthand and longhand. Yeah. Let's do some countries. What's France? I can tell you France is a shorthand. La France. What's the longhand? La France. No, that's just France again. That's with... what they call it. They call it La France. It's the French Republic. Oh, wow. Le République de la France. I'm not asking you for the version spoken in the language of the country. I'm talking about the international shorthand or international longhand. China. Uh, the uh, the people the People's Democratic Republic of China. I think it's just the People's Republic of China. Oh, right. And the UK? The United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. Correct. And that was my Euro don't say. <laughs> Barnier Stormer? I mean, quickly. <laughs> Thomas Suchek. Oh, great shout. Love Thomas Suchek. He's been one of those... You know when you see a... I've got so bored of football this season and he's one of the players that made football more exciting. He is West Ham's best player. By far. He is Czech Republic. Czechia's best player. He's their checkmate. He's West Ham's checkmate. And I think the West Ham fans will be hoping he has a stinker because they don't want him to they, they want leave. To, yeah, they don't want him to be the Barnier Stormer because they think if he has a really good tournament, a big team might come calling. No offence meant to West Ham fans. You are a big team. I apologise. Well, they qualify for Europe this year, don't forget, John. Yeah, but a Champions, if a Champions League team came calling for Suchek, would they be able to turn it down? I don't think so. And also, he's a, there's not many players like him around. He no. sort of doesn't really fit in a mould. He's a box-to-box midfielder. But he's a goal scorer. He's scored, I think, 10 goals he's this taught, season. He's amazing in the air. Amazing. I love, I, I do like I just, the, a little bit of a sort of throwback part of me that just loves watching a good header of the ball. And he heads the ball beautifully. I think actually he's a, he's a Mourinho player. I could see him going to Roma. Yeah, Jose, Jose's revolution at Roma. Romolution. Starring Thomas Suchek. Barnier Stormer, nice. Continental? Thomas Vaklik. I don't think I know Thomas Vaklik. He's a goalkeeper. Ah. And he plays for Sevilla. And he's a free agent. Oh, no. We, I think you've already, we've already had one in the last episode. A free agent goalkeeper. I mean... Free Was a- it one of yours? There's so many free agents all over Europe at the moment. It's mad. Yeah, but there's something unique about a goalkeeper who's a free agent. Yeah. Because they can showboat in a way that if an outfield player does it, fans get very upset. You're thinking of Gigi Donnarumma. From Group A. It's yeah, all... another free agent goalkeeper. What There's a propensity, uh, and you'll hear it in the commentary listener when you're in the pub. A goalkeeper makes a save in a sort of extravagant slash flamboyant way that is not strictly necessary. And the pundit will say, <sighs> don't know what he's doing that for. It was my save, mate. Because he'll either knock the ball away and throw his legs in the air to make it look like the ball was hit 150 miles an hour. Or what What other things? I love of... a good old like sort of swan dive. Like you back, you really bend your back jump up in the air when the ball's directly at you to make it look like you had to move further than you did. I love those. So Thomas Vaklich, Thomas Vaklich, oh, it's hard. Vachlik? Vaklik. 
let's say Vaklik. Thomas Vaklik is now Sevilla's second choice. Right. So he's really going to have to press to find a new is club. He, does he start for Czechia? Well, I think, I, I don't know. No, but I mean, hey, listen, it, you don't want your goalkeeper in a position where they've got anything to prove. You want them reliable and steady, especially under tournament rules. I can see why you've chosen to be the continental. He's got a lot to play for, Joel. Yeah. Exactly. Too much. Exactly. Too much to play for. Big problem. Eve pulled. Please. Patrick Schick. Okay. I have... Pumped. Feast your eyes on this man, Patrick Schick. I mean, that is a... You've, you've gone very cheekbone heavy in this group, haven't you? I mean, listen to what I'm looking at as a man playing in the rain, which is already pretty impressive. And his thigh muscles are bulging. His arms are out to the side. He's got very long hands. He's got a right cheekbone that's protruding out of his cheek. His hair is slicked down into his fringe. He looks young and virile and full of life. His cheekbones look bruised. His his eyes are so deep as well. So. Uh, Did you ever read Harry Potter books before the films? I, I, I dabbled. Victor Crumb. Sure. like That's a, what he's supposed to look like. Very attractive. Not like a meat cake. Not like a Well, me- a beef cake. A meat cake. <laughs> yeah, in the film, the guy was like this, like... Ugh, yeah, yeah. He's supposed I'm to crumb. be like a mercurial... Um, I actually think that Patrick Schick... And you'll like this, Joel. I think he's the Robert Patterson of football. Excellent. 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 Slick Schick, they should call him. <laughs> uh, is that it on Czechia? Uh, I think they should call him Schick as fuck. Doesn't work. <laughs> no, it doesn't, no work. doesn't work. It, we'll cut that. We'll go on getting bad results, getting bad results, getting bad results, getting bad. It's coming home. It's coming home. It's coming. Oh my god, it's England! We're here! We're here! You might not even be English. You might hate England as a country and as a football team. But we've finally got to the three lions. Joel, it's England. Yeah. It's Gareth Southgate. It's Gareth Looking back on where we first met. Southgate, you're the one. You still turn me on. Football's coming home again. I forgot how much I like that. Now, Euro don't say. This is for you, listener. This is the the fact that you probably don't know, but you're sort of vaguely aware of. You've heard it probably in the paper or someone at work by the water cooler. This is basically a uh, basically a home tournament for England, really, isn't it? You're like, mm, don't know what that means. Football's coming home. Home tournament. It's always coming. Home. What it means is. All of England's group games are at Wembley. That's very unfair, isn't it? Of all the Dutch... I'm not done, Joel. Oh, gosh. The last 16 game was supposed to be in Dublin. It got moved to Rome. So that game's not in England. The quarterfinal, if England finish top in the group, is at Wembley. The semi-final is definitely at Wembley and the final is at Wembley. So they could play every single game bar one at Wembley. Yes. What an incentive. With English fans... I mean, it would be pretty impressive. That's why you don't say... I mean, Euro don't say England having a home tournament. I mean, it's uh, the cards are stacked in their favour, as they always are. Why are you rolling your eyes? Oh, it's just England. It's just the expectation. I'm done with the expert. They w- listen. Don't get me wrong. Uh, the the last the World Cup was amazing. England did very very well. They got very far. Everyone got behind them. There was a bit of a, a mania gripping the nation. I just can't see it being repeated. And 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 it, I, the England mania always bothers me. Anyway, continue. You could say that. You could also say that. This is the third cultural defining moment for England as a football nation. You got you got 1966. What happened then? England won the World Cup. Where? England. At? Wembley. You've got Euro 96 when we were 10. Uh, what happened there? England got to the semi-finals and got knocked out. Where? Wembley. What did it do? It brought the nation together. And what about this year? They get to the final at Wembley and lose again? I'd take it. <laughs> I would take that. A final? A final? I'm, I'm, I, I, yeah, sure. Okay, I should, I should, I reprogram my head. I'm excited about England. England, 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 England. Tell me about this Barnier Stormer. Oh, I'm not moving on yet. Oh, not moving on, right. I just think that, you know, for the listeners, it's quite significant. Like, this is, this is not an, this is not a tournament solely being played in England, but for England, it effectively is. And we said it after the game against Croatia in the World Cup in Russia, England might never have a better chance to win a major tournament than this in our lifetime. We've got it. Like, this is... 
the best chance an England team could have to have an advantage over the rest of Europe. Will they take it, Joel? Will they take it? To be honest, Carl, if it stops people talking about it the whole time, I'd love them to take it. And also, I think we, together on the pod, witnessed England win a penalty shootout in a tournament for the first, very first time. We need to have at least one episode watch along for England together so that we can be there when another... We'll do it. We'll, we'll, we'll watch an episode and um, we'll try and get the episode out that same night. How about that? How about that, listener? Okay, it's time for my Barnier Stormer. I don't want to say Kane. I don't want to say Harry Kane. Don't say Harry Kane, then. He was the Golden Boot winner at the last World Cup. This season, he scored or assisted 50 times in 49 games. Don't say his name, then. Say somebody else. It's hard to. Because all the listeners will be thinking, well, obviously, Harry Kane's our captain fantastic. He's all over the papers. He's also in this boring transfer saga. Will he leave Tottenham? Yes. Will he leave the country? No. Will he sign for a Manchester club? Yes. It's drawn out. It's protracted. Contracted. I never get those ones confused. Protracted. Contracted would be shortened. That would be ideal. Yeah, please contract Harry. Yeah. Although Gareth said he can't do it during the tournament. Anyway, what I'm saying is, this is a saga you're going to be aware of. So let's look for something else. Let's look for another Barnstormer. And there are so many options. Kane is such a good assister, such a good pass for the ball these days. Let's look at the bevy of players that, he's, he, that he can set up to be other Barn the A Stormers. Name me one. Oh, uh, Sancho. Sterling. Foden. Grealish. Mount. The list goes on. Rashford. These are all... It's a golden play- generation, some might say. I'm glad you said Rashford <laughs> last, though, because Rashford is my Barnier Stormer. Oh, please! I want him to do so... Listen, I am so easily swayed by things... Did you know that Marcus Rashford has given more money to charity than anyone else in this country in the last year? I didn't. Did you know that he recently had a chat with Obama? Did you know... That he and football journalist Carl Anker just published a children's book. We love Marcus Rashford. So much. Last summer, we were all about Raheem Sterling. We really, really wanted him to have a good tournament. It took him ages to warm up. He didn't quite get there. This year, it's Marcus. If he can be the Barnier Stormer, like, think of everything he's achieved this year. And think of also the people who hate him. He's hated by a, a real strong section of the football community. The kind of throwback people. The people who boo players taking a knee. I just want him to do well. Oh, God, you've got me excited now. He's the best of us, Joel. Marcus Rashford is the best of us. I blooming hope you're right. And I hope hope he supplants Kane and becomes the England captain for years to come. And in a post-Brexit age, in a European competition, can we just raise him on our shoulders and just say, take take him, (laughs) leave the rest of us? Sir Rashford, you heard it here first. I've already heard that. Continental! Oh God, who's going to ruin your dreams, Kyle? Who's going to take a great big steaming pile on your English dream doorstep? Another Harry. Well, I mean, I know who it is, but go on. Harry Maguire. Yeah, go on. Why? Because he's injured. Oh no, slabhead! What do England? Pl- what do? What does England do better than most nations? Taking injured players to tournaments. They do do that a lot. David Beckham. Let's all pray for his broken metatarsal. That happened. Let's get um, Yuri Geller on the television. Right, we need you all to focus on this. Like, we all did it. We all bloody did it. As a nation, we prayed in a, not even a, a vaguely religious God, way. That's true. Led- for a broken bone in a foot of a player. Ledley King under Capello. Michael Owen under... Ericsson, I think. Ericsson. Rooney. Rooney. Twice. Yep. I mean, it, what is it with it? Just it's a reputation thing, right? You've got to take your most, your biggest reputation players. So Harry Maguire must play. Well, Harry Maguire has had an okay season, not a great season, um, but he is, for want of a better word, a linchpin in our defence. Love him or loathe him, he's old the, slabhead. He's also the captain of Manchester United, the biggest team in in England. So he's always a story, and the story is that he's injured. We're taking him anyway. I just think he's going to make his way back into the team. Maybe not in the first couple of games. Or he'll play the first game and walk off after 20 minutes. Either way, we're going to see him limp off. Yep. That's, uh, that, I really hope for your sake, because I know how upset you'll be. I really hope for your sake that doesn't happen. What will I be upset? Oh, listener. Uh, listener and you, both upset. No, I, about... I, will, I will. If it happens, I'll be like, well, we deserve that. Play my EU've pulled instead. Who's your EU pull? Tyrone Mings. Tyrone Mings is the hottest man I've ever seen. Like, I keep saying to my wife, don't you think Tyrone Mings is hot? She's like, no, I'm like, what are you looking at? What is she, what's wrong with her? He's beautiful. I know you know what he looks like, but just look at this photo of him in an England shirt. Oh my God. He's, listener, he's six foot four. He's chiseled. He's smiley. 
He's got really kind eyes. Oh, the eyes. He's like got he, lovely oh. hair. The hair. He's just, he's, he's, a, he's a gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous and incredibly intelligent man. He's just so well-spoken. He's also the first footballer I've ever heard talk about um, moving to a boardroom situation. He's so intelligent and he so wants what's best for black footballers moving forward that he's not talking about going into management at the end of his career. He talks about moving into a boardroom or to an executive position to make changes in football from that side of things. It also comes from his background. He didn't. He wasn't like a child prodigy like a lot of these players. He came to professional football quite late. He was a mortgage advisor. The bloody guy was a mortgage advisor. Well, no, that doesn't necessarily make him that attractive. Yeah, but he, imagine if he was oh your mortgage God, advisor. Oh, my God, if he was a money... Take my money. If he was my mortgage advisor, I'd buy a house. Well, we started by singing Football's Coming Home for England. If it's... I mean, I, I will be coming home with Tyrone. That didn't work <laughs> at all. Tyrone, I love you. Everyone's talking about Diddy na na na. If I was to say to you, Diddy na na na. Oh yeah, great, good stuff. Saturday night dance, I like the way you move, move, move. Hold me, baby. Pretty baby, I think. But it's actually now Davy Marshall. That's right. Scotland have not only one but two of the best modern chants in football. If you listen to this podcast on a regular basis, we often decry the lack of diversity in modern chanting. I mean, we had people come in and write two new songs for us, <laughs> and we'll keep getting them to write new. And we'll keep getting them to write new songs for us. Keep that's a throwback to three lines. Moving on. Um, that was Wigfield, of course. 1994's Saturday Night. Sing dance. the David Marshall version. The, it's that. Do, do, There's no do, words, do, it's do. just da 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 Davy Marshall. So we'll start with that chant, the Davy Marshall Wigfield chant. He was the hero of their playoff win to make this tournament. Euro don't say Scotland qualified for this tournament, their first major tournament in a very long time, in a playoff. They beat on penalties Serbia. All the penalties were scored, and then Alexander Mitrovic stepped up. And had his penalty saved by Davy Marshall. Davy Marshall. That is a 90s classic. As I said, it was 1994, coinciding with Scotland's last appearance at a major tournament in 1996, where they played in the group stages, England, just like they are this time. It's fate. They lost last time. It's not fate. This time they might win. Who knows? Uh, the other Scotland chant. Yes, sir. I can boogie. But I need a certain song I can boogie Boogie woogie On a long no, There's no words the, What? The, the, there's no play on that no, word? They just sing They that. just sing it <laughs> uh, It's the 70s disco hit Yes I Can Boogie by Baccarat But why? Why? Scotland player Andrew Considine Dressed in drag for his stag do And performed a rendition Back in 2015 <laughs> Scandalously, he did not make the, the squad for this tournament. But they still sing the song. The, I mean, Andrew Considine may be gone, Joel, but the song But remains. the boogie will never die. <laughs> so after they qualified, they, the players sang it in the dressing room in their pants for hours and it then passed on to the fans. Uh, the Scotland uh, FA Twitter page uh, tweeted this video that went viral of them all singing it. And the hashtag was no Scotland, no party. Oh, good Which is God. such a good hashtag for their involvement in this tournament. No Scotland, no party. But the party has already been rained on, Joel, by none other than Sadiq Khan. What? Sadiq has said he's implored the Scotland fans not to travel to London for their game against England um, because of Corona, which is fair enough. But the Tartan army, they like a party. Hashtag no Scotland, they can boogie, no party. They can boogie all night long. Famously. But in, in Scotland. In Scotland. Not Stay in, in Scotland, Tartan Army. Please let's not spread corona any more than we already have. So I think that is probably the... Uh, for England and Scotland fans alike, it's a signature game of this group. Match day two, England versus Scotland at Wembley. It's going to be big. I mean, yeah, of course. It's uh, it's the home nation derby. Continental. The player that will ruin the Tartan Army's dreams. Kieran Tierney. Ooh. Now, I'm not saying this because I think he's a bad player. He's a fantastic player. Scotland have a lot of left backs in this tournament. Three. England did have four right backs for balance. Now they have three with the injury to Trent Alexander-Arnold. He's out. But the three left backs are sort of played in a 
an odd sort of formation so they can fit two of them in, which puts Tierney at a left centre-back sort of position of a back three, which he can play. Why I'm picking Kieran Tierney for my continental is this. He has an acute sense of injustice, Joel. <laughs> you can laugh all you want. The man hates simulation, absolutely ab uh, finds it abhorrent, and he cannot, it gets to him. It absolutely gets to him. So it's happened for Arsenal a couple of times. It happened in, in the past as well. A player goes down and he perceives, at least from the tackle that he's made, Kieran Tierney, that that wasn't a foul and that the players made him... He can't let it go. So if someone dives, he kicks up a fuss, is that what you're saying? He, he kicks up a fuss in the moment. For about five minutes afterwards, he's effing and blinded to himself. At, full, at the full-time whistle, he goes to the player. And Arsenal players are so used to it that when the games are finished, they've gone to cordon him away because he, he basically calls them out on it. Because he, he thinks he's a good man. Excellent. So cue any number of English slash Croatian slash Czech wide players thinking, I can get him here. Yep. They'll be going down like sacks of spells. Just start diving around Kieran Tierney and he will have a go at you. I'm predicting this. Jack Grealish plays against Scotland. Spends most of the game writhing in agony. Potentially fake agony. Kieran Tierney gets a red card. Excellent. There's a continental problem. Uh, oh dear, poor Kieran. Who is their Barnier Stormer? Lyndon Dykes. Lyndon Dykes. Good grief. Isn't that a great name? It is a great name, Lyndon Dykes. Does it sound Scottish? Not especially. Dykes? Not especially. Lyndon? Maybe? Or does it sound Australian? Lyndon. <laughs> Nailed it. Thank you. Uh, he plays for QPR. Right. team. Uh, but he grew up in Canberra. Um, his sister is also an athlete, by the way. Here's what he's got to say about his and his sister's times uh, watching sport growing up in Canberra. We always got a season pass to the Canberra Raiders. Ruben Wicky was the captain in my idol at the time, so I used to go every game my dad took me. I didn't really watch the games because I was out the front playing with all the little kids. I was alright. I had a good little step on me and did all the kicking. I enjoyed everything about it. It came naturally, and I was the type of player who, despite playing fullback, always wanted to be on the ball. I liked doing the chip and chases and little grubbers and just those kinds of things. It was really fun. Oh, that's it. <laughs> but he's not talking about football, Joel. Oh, he's talking about Aussie rules football. Nope, he's talking about rugby, rugby league. Wow. So he actually tried to have a rugby league career. It didn't work out. Uh, was always talented at football. He was working in a factory in Queensland, still in Australia, and managed to get a trial at Queen of the South through a family connection through his Scottish family. The tiny little famous Scottish football team, Queen of the South. So he got a, a trial with them through family links and never looked back. Played in Scotland for three or four different teams before the move to the QPR. He's had an absolutely Barnier storming finish to the season. He's got about 10 goals in the last 15 games. Uh, how does he feel about playing at the Euros for Scotland? Not the country of his birth, but the country of his heritage? Really stoked. Oh, great. Love it. Uh, and you think he's going to have a good tournament? I think that they don't have an obvious number nine apart from him. Great. So he's going to score goals. He's going to score against England. He's going to score a couple against England. Kieran Tierney's going to get sent off and Harry Kane will score a last minute penalty. You had it here first. E, you've pulled. Oh, is it? E, e you've pulled. E, you've pulled. E, you've pulled. It's Stephen O'Donnell. I've never heard of him. Here he is. He looks like Andrew Robertson. I think he's prettier. Uh, yeah, maybe. So, listen, he's got, uh, oh, he's got very striking eyes. Once again, Carl, you've got a very strong uh, theme emerging here. Have I got a type? Yeah, there's a beard, shave, high hairline, uh, strong cheekbones, piercing eyes. Um, I like the, he's got a like, nice little sort of reddish tint to his beard. I like that because that was, that was Scottish. Yeah, he's, he looks uh, athletic. He looks intense. He looks like he, you could take him home to mum and dad, but you'd have to, it'd be a bit of a risk. Uh, <laughs> he plays some Motherwell. Ah. And I'm saying to you, Stephen O'Donnell, does your mother well know that you're out? Excellent stuff. I believe that, Kyle, rounds up Group D. And indeed, this entire episode of the Absolute Worldly Football Podcast. Woo! C and D done. I am excited. Do you think the potential winner has come from those groups? Let's recap. Holland, North Macedonia, Ukraine, Austria. No. Definitely not? No. Okay, fair enough. Croatia, Czech no. Republic, Scotland, England. 
I think there's definitely some underdogs in there, don't get me wrong. And the way you talked about North Macedonia, I think they've got a handful of players that are decent. I didn't, I forgot they had those players. They've got some good players. They're going to do what, they could spring a surprise and beat Austria to second place in that group. And then who knows? I'm, I would put money on them. And before I wouldn't have put money anywhere near them. I mean, I'd put money on them to get out of the group. I wouldn't bet them on, on them to win the Yeah, but once thing. you get out of the group, Joel, in then this tournament. Just who knows? Yeah, and Scotland... Uh, listener, you might be listening once the tournament has begun, but we're recording this, as Joel said, the week before it began. There were some friendlies last night, and Scotland drew two-two with the Netherlands. So it could it could go it could any it could go anywhere. Well, most importantly, you've heard England, listener, so you can not tune in if you don't care about anyone else in the next episode. Where we will be discussing groups E and F, and giving you eight more tidbits to tantalise your soccer taste buds. Kyle, this has been a pledge. Absolute pledge. Absolute uh, I'm going to see us out, Joel, by s- regaling the listener with some more... Double clap. That was the Absolute Weldy Football Podcast by Kyle Ross and Joel Samuels with theme music by Adam Janota-Bazowski and Amachada Patel. Absolute Weldy is dedicated to the memory of Liam Seeker. Please do remember to like, share, subscribe, follow us at Weldy Podcast on Twitter, Absolute Weldy Football Podcast on Instagram, and drop us a line anytime at absoluteweldypodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and goodbye. But what I'm picking for my continental t- Kieran Tierney, Kieran, why I'm picking Kieran Tierney for my continental... Can't go with